it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't blow up a hospital yesterday in Gaza. No, ma'am. Hamas did. And some members of the liberal squad tried blaming Israel. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Uh, We're going to explain why propaganda from the president's own party has just led to the cancellation of his big meeting with world leaders over in Jordan, which, of course, has left Biden very upset. He was excited to meet Jordan. He just watched the last dance with his son, Hunter. I don't remember that ever happening. What a messy day it's going to be today. Buckle up. Cat Kamek's coming by to let us know if we're ever going to get a Speaker of the House. Uh, Johnny Joey Jones, a war hero on the liberal claims that the border is closed. Stop lying to us. There is an Axios piece out today that says the whole idea of an open border is a myth. This is total crap. Is it ever? 888-788-9910. Whether you agree with this piece or not, uh, you are all welcome to be a part of this audio safe space for cool people. I don't mean cool like the Fonz. Okay, I've met a lot of you. A lot of you aren't that cool. Okay, but you're wonderful, sweet people. I'm not cool. I'm, you know, guy in his 40s who plays video games. But the point is, cool, we can coexist. We don't have to agree. You're not going to turn into a fat, screaming child. Mom, he doesn't vote the way I do. I want him out of the party. That's not going on here. You don't have to agree with me. You could disagree. You could be on the fence. I don't care. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a There it is. Happy Wednesday. And we're fired up for today's episode. We're fired up for all of these episodes. But I'm in a chippy mood today because the last 24 hours have just been a mess, man. My goodness gracious. If you're following the war over in Israel, obviously your heart breaks for everything that's going on. Okay, but there's this secondary war being fought on social media where people are going out of their way to establish a moral equivalence between what Israel is doing and what Hamas is doing. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Straight up, because there is, I'm just going to tell you this now, okay? There is no moral equivalence between the people that are, you know, beheading babies and anyone, anyone, anywhere in the world. I don't care if they're occupied or colonialized or any of those new campus terms they're bandying about to justify all the carnage. Okay, the point is people on the left are trying desperately with help from the media who is doing their bidding. The New York Times initially blamed Israel for the bombing at the hospital. CBS ran right out and blamed Israel. Did either of them bother to fact check or ascertain how it happened? The answer would be no. No. And that's the part that drives you crazy. Do you remember when we were told in the run up to the 2020 election? Well, the Hunter Biden laptop, you can't share it. Okay, we heard a rumor that it's Russian disinformation. You cannot share it. Well, lo and behold, it wound up being real. But through an abundance of caution, they wouldn't even let you share the story, cover it or talk about it. 
because they just didn't know and they just wanted to be safe and they were just looking out for you. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Okay, couldn't. Let's just wait till after the election, you guys. We can't be dabbling in things we can't verify. But within 30 seconds of a bomb hitting a hospital, every single one of that reporting class was... It was Israel. I'm telling you, they're the worst. The occupiers. It's a genocide, I tell you. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are, okay, because they were parroting the propaganda message of Hamas. And through the geodata that we possess, the ability to pinpoint where these weapons were fired from, where they ultimately detonated, okay, we now know through the forensics of not only the location but the actual weapon itself that this was a Hamas rocket fired towards Israel that wound up malfunctioning, exploding, and landing on a hospital. This actually happens a lot. Most of the civilian casualties in these wars are the end result of malfunctioning Hamas military gear. These guys make homemade missiles, okay? When they're not actually importing them with help from Iran, okay, they are out there making missiles. A lot of times they malfunction, they don't work, they land on a hospital, which is what they did yesterday, realizing the um, error, Hamas quickly ran out, tried to blame Israel, at which point, okay, not only did the media glom on here in America, but members of the liberal squad. Okay, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, both have tweets up right now, more than 20 hours, okay, after the blast, blaming Israel for the attack. That's a thing. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm mm-hmm. Of course it is, okay, but that's where we find ourselves. Biden flies over, okay, to the Middle East. That's what he's doing over there. They're sending over the old man. I don't know why, okay? Honestly, I I don't think we're going to scare Hamas by sending over the guy who has to take the short steps to get onto the plane now. Okay, you better behave. We're going to send over that guy who no longer uses the adult staircase at Air Force One. We're going to send over that other guy who gets lost exiting and entering the stage. Or you better behave. Okay, but we sent him over there. Okay, Biden is over there. He met with Benjamin Netanyahu a little bit earlier in the day. Gave a little bit of a rambling speech. Uh, According to him, he just was there because he wanted the world to know where the United States stands. And the truth is the United States stands wherever Jill puts the United States because she's been known to wander in the wrong direction on stage from time to time. Biden's lost his marbles. Here is Biden saying as much clip one. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you very much. Folks, uh, I wanted to be here today uh, for a simple reason. I wanted the people of Israel the people of the world, to know where the United States stands. I've had my great Secretary of State here. He's been here for a lot. But I wanted to personally come and make that clear. Okay, so he wants them to know where we stand, and I support that. Um, Again, I need Biden to have a good trip. And I don't mean the trip you're used to seeing him have where he's trying to leave his stage. I mean a good trip. I want him to go over there. I want it to go well. I want to get the situation under control. You don't have to vote for presidents to root for them. Because you still live in the country, okay? You need him to do well in this moment. I don't know that he will. Here is Biden, who starts to tell a story and just flat out quits on the story a moment later. Clip 21. And we have to also bear in mind that Hamas does not represent all the Palestinian people. And uh, it has brought them only suffering. 
you know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State, would he and I work in the Senate to write something for him? And he said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. But the point is this. I mean, the point is. We have a president that is clearly not all there. The verbate quote. You know, years ago, I asked the secretary of state when he and I are working the Senate to write something for him and said that he wrote the line that I think is appropriate. He said it's not. Well, look, not just. Well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. But the point is this. Okay, that's what the guy said. Do you understand? He's a mess. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. My hope was that Biden was going over there because they had already hammered out the framework of some type of an agreement and they just wanted him present for the photo op. The optic of, hey, Biden showed up. Something got fixed. Here's a picture of him. Diplomacy, the old man, wisdom. That's what I hoped was happening. But prior to even taking the short steps onto Air Force One yesterday. Okay, the King of Jordan canceled the summit of world leaders after piggybacking off the propaganda from the liberal squad and the American press that said Israel bombed the hospital. Protests have broken out at American embassies. Things are getting lit on fire. People are getting more rabid in the streets than, you know, they already were. Okay, and this is all based on the misinformation coming out of the liberals. Okay, the misinformation coming out of Hamas. And yes, the misinformation coming out of the American media. And it happens against a backdrop in which the Iran missile embargo expires. Okay, do you know when it expires? Today. This could be a problem. Okay, the embargo that has been in place to stop Iran from procuring missiles, selling missiles or selling drones or importing drones, expires today. It was the end result of the Obama-era treaty with Iran that would stop them from enriching uranium. Now, they've continued to do so. They're 60% of the way to their goal of actually having a nuke right now. But they're not renewing this embargo against Iranian missiles because they want it to look like they don't have to. This is politics taking precedence over people. Biden went over there so he can say, yeah, Israel, we got your back. But he also announced what? A hundred million dollars in aid to Gaza. OK, when you give money to Gaza, when you give money to Palestine. OK, what do they do with it each and every time they spend it on terrorism? OK, we know this because I played you clips all last week. OK, of John Kirby saying, listen, OK, we know whatever, whatever you give Iran, they're just going to spend it on terrorism. How many times did I play that clip last week? Okay, I played it a million times. And the reality is, okay, they're going to continue to do that. Here it is, clip 12. Does the White House need a direct link on this specific attack to hold Iran in some way accountable? Well, of course, Iran is broadly complicit here. And of course, the resourcing and training they've given to Hamas has obviously helped Hamas function and be able to conduct the terrorist attacks that they have been able to conduct. Um, We have held Iran accountable. Okay, we've held Iran accountable. So accountable. That we just sent them six billion dollars, John Kirby. You are so full of sh- Any money you send to them goes towards terrorism. Biden tweeted a little while ago. He didn't tweet it. You know, a 19-year-old gender studies major that runs his Twitter account tweeted, 
you know, he's announcing $100 million in aid to the people of Palestine. We have mechanisms in place to make sure it doesn't go towards terrorism. This is totally false. No, they don't, because once the money makes it into that region, the people in charge of that region decide what to do with it. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, you got, we have mechanisms. Don't worry. It's only going to go towards human aid. That we have the mechanisms, and then we, we hand it over to the terror group, and then they make sure it only goes towards human aid. That is a fact check false. Come on, man! Like, what are we doing here? Okay, to Biden's credit, he did say the hospital explosion was caused by the other team, is how he characterized Hamas. Hey, man, I don't want to harp on semantics. I hate policing words, it's the whole crux of my existence. But if all the times, okay, they're a terror group. They're not the other team. This isn't the Yankees and the Red Sox, okay? This isn't the Phillies and the Diamondbacks right now in the playoffs, whatever you want to call, okay? This is a terror group that beheaded babies. But here's Biden at least correctly doing what his own party has failed to do and blaming the other side. Clip 14. I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we got a lot. We got to overcome a lot of things. Yep. So here you go. Okay, that's Biden, and give him credit for that. I don't need to bash every word that comes out of the guy's mouth to do a show. Okay, we should be attributing that attack to exactly who committed it. Okay, but here is CBS. Parroting the words of the squad, parroting the words of Hamas. Okay, Rashida Tlaib at 206 yesterday wrote, Israel just bombed the Baptist hospital, killing 500 Palestinians. That's what she tweeted. Oh, shut up, woman. Okay, she was joined by Ilhan Omar. Bombing a hospital is among the gravest of war crimes. The IDF reportedly blowing up one of the few places the injured and wounded can seek medical treatment and shelter during a war is horrific. That's what she said. Shut up, fool! Okay, understand. Here's what CBS said. Clip 16. Hamas blamed Israel, saying the strike is a result of what they called unlimited U.S. support for Israel. It triggered international condemnation. Egypt, Qatar, Iran, Jordan, and Turkey among the countries who denounced the airstrike. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Okay, that's CBS News within minutes of the strike. Why do you think Egypt, Qatar, Iran, Jordan, and Turkey are denouncing the strike? Because we're telling them it, it happened. The media runs out there to the world and goes, yeah, I can't believe Israel blew up the hospital. And of course, in countries that want to wipe Israel off the map, that's kind of an emotional powder keg to light. Here's a little more CBS Evening News. Uh, Charlie Daggett, okay, proud moment for him and the family. Clip 17. Protests have erupted in the West Bank and in Jordan, where security forces used tear gas to disperse crowds of protesters trying to storm the Israeli embassy. The hospital disaster has only heaped more misery and bloodshed on Gaza. <laughs> where horrific scenes after a series of Israeli airstrikes have taken the level of sheer human suffering and soaring death toll to the next level. I mean, good God. That was absolutely dreadful. And again, no effort here 
okay, made to ascertain whether or not it's true. Do you get where they're reporting this stuff with no regard for the effect it has on society? So you take the hundreds of thousands of people around the country this past week in our country that have been chanting death to Israel, glory to the murders, glory to the resistance, all this garbage we've seen out of academia. Okay, that was the sentiment before we just erroneously told them Israel blew up a hospital. Okay, we're living in an age where people's emotions are their facts. Okay, and if you're empowering them emotionally to believe that Israel is legit committing genocide against civilians, which is actually what's happening to them, okay, you wind up with a lot of unrest in your streets. And that's the biggest danger posed to our country right now. It really is. They like to tell you it's like some old Trump supporters in a shed that think the 2020 election was stolen. No, it's the actual mainstream media outlets that are telling people who already want to wipe Israel off the planet that they're out there killing people in hospitals. Okay, it's that type of gaslighting. It's that type of lying that really poses the gravest threat of all. And that's the crux of where we are right now. All the people who tell you they're worried about misinformation are the ones spreading it the most. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. You know, the hot rumor flying around political circles this morning was that Jim Jordan was going to win the House vote. On the early vote this morning, not even close. <laughs> he is down about woo, uh, seven, 12. Jordan's already lost 12 votes. Uh, he could only lose four to get over the top. So speaker bid number two is about the tank from my man from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. I don't know where it goes from here. I don't think they'll vote again right away. Uh, but as we report, Scalise has four votes. McCarthy has five votes. Uh, And then there were a couple of other votes floating out there as well. So the answer to whether or not we will have a new speaker this morning. The answer would be no. uh, Not looking good. Uh, Kat Kamek is in that chamber. She's going to be joining us later in the show. We're also going to be talking to Johnny Joey Jones. But I don't know how it plays out. Uh, For me personally, I'm frustrated. I don't know how effective Jordan would be as a House speaker. But I do know, having spent enough time with him off the air, that the guy actually cares about the future of the country. And we need one of those in Washington right now. I don't know if you've looked around, guys, but we're not playing championship ball. (laughs) We have, like, my goodness gracious. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Very stupid people everywhere you look. You know the old song, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. I didn't realize when he said stuck in the middle, he meant the middle of Congress. My gosh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together at 888-788-9910. They're playing Just a Friend by Biz Marquis. This was oddly the first song played in my living room this morning at 7 a.m. when Lincoln got out of bed 
there's usually some type of rap or ridiculousness coming out of the speakers in my house when we all wake up in the morning. We kind of peak at 7 a.m. as a family. <laughs> I mean it. Listen to me coughing. It's all downhill from there. Here's Marco Rubio weighing in on the hospital strike from Israel, clip 20. It would make no sense, number one. It would hurt them, correct? It would hurt them, and they know that. And the first, the second is, I look, at the end of the day, if you ask me to choose, do I believe Israel or do I believe the people that just slaughtered a bunch of babies? I believe Israel. But beyond it, it makes all the sense in the world. I'm glad they're going to release this footage. There is, side by side with the actual kinetic battle that you're seeing, you have an informational war going on. And unfortunately, it has all these people that join it, both on the far left in American politics, much of the media around the world. And, and I predict at some point you'll start to see that seep into a lot of the coverage here as well. We're still talking about the atrocities, but the day is coming when the whole focus will be on how mean Israel is because they are eradicating a group that, that poses an extraordinary threat to their future and has already committed incredible atrocities. Okay, give him credit for that because what he's really speaking to is the reductive language of not only identity politics, but the people supporting Hamas. Okay, what they've done now in this, it's just the laziest intellectual era that you've ever lived in. Like, you know, colleges no longer teach kids how to think. They teach them what to think. Okay, and a lot of the left-wing academia wants them thinking in terms of identity politics. You know, Martin Luther King, we want to live in a world where you judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Martin Luther King would get booed off of most Ivy League campuses in this day and age. Think about that. The guy who actually led the civil rights movement, guy was actually killed at the end of the day because of his efforts to integrate society. Okay, his worldview that got us to where we are, to this place of tolerance and inclusion, to this place where, you know, we hear about all these diversity initiatives, but at the end of the day, okay, we have gotten so far gone on the diversity path that we're now doing it at the expense of quality. You know, we no longer seek out the most qualified applicant. We're now hiring just because. I mean, they flat out told us in the Biden administration when he was running, we were only considering a black female vice president. No other applicants need apply. Okay, never mind that that's not federally legal. Okay, that's what they did because it was more important to have a first than it was to have someone who knew what they were doing. And we only know that's true because of who they went with, which was what? Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> Look at Pete Booty Judge. Pete Booty Judge, as the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, population 100,000, couldn't keep the roads, okay, functional and had the nickname Pothole Pete because of the state of disrepair a lot of the local roads were in. But because we'd never had a gay transportation secretary, one who had dropped out of the race for the White House and endorsed Biden, he was rewarded with the job of being transportation secretary, a guy who, again, couldn't handle the roads in South Bend, Indiana, was now in charge of every single road in America. That's Use your common sense. But the people who continue to push things like, oh, diversity and inclusion, okay, do so at the expense of everyone around them. I don't care who works what job if they're great at it. That's all we need. We need them to be great at it.
Could you look at Kamala Harris and say she's great at being vice president? The answer would be no. She was the border czar. She's presiding over the largest number of illegal border crossings in the history of the country, which has corresponded with the largest, largest, okay, number of fentanyl poisoning deaths. And yes, the human trafficking at our border has turned into a $2 billion industry under her watch. So you understand people aren't mad at Kamala because of the color of her skin. They're mad at Kamala because she sucks at the job. Bingo. Nobody's mad at Pete Booty Judge because he's gay. They're mad at Pete Booty Judge because he's presided over one of the worst supply chain log jams we've ever seen. Okay, his first act as transportation secretary was to take the airline alert system, NOTAM, notice to airmen, and change it to notice to air persons. I mean, dude, seriously, what? Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Of course it is, because if you're in charge of a commercial airliner, you need to be emotionally stable enough to hear the phrase notice to airmen and not want to tank the plane. Okay, but that's what we prioritize. Well, we've got to degender the language because we've just got to make it more. That was embarrassing. They're pilots. They're making life or death situations. Is someone really in that cockpit when I fly out to Reno December 2nd? Go on us, your captain. We're going to go up to 37,000 feet. And we've got a notice to air. Notice to air men. Oh, hell no. <laughs> that's it. Into the drink. Okay, is that going on? Are people that unstable? God, I hope not. But we're fighting all the wrong battles because when you go out there for firsts, okay, again, you're constantly overlooking merit. Okay, there are plenty of gay men who could run the transportation department exponentially better than Booty Judge. There are plenty of black women who could be phenomenal vice presidents. We just don't happen to have one in the Oval Office right now or down the hall at the Naval Observatory, wherever they're stationed are these days. But understand this, okay? The people who have taken our politics and reduced it to skin color, and everything's skin color. Everything is skin color. We have unconscious bias now as white people. That's what we're being told. You know, you little white babies go to kindergarten and oppress little black babies, and they don't even realize it. That is offensive, and it is not true. Of course it's not true. Anti-racism is racism. It's teaching people... Okay, to hate white people, teaching little black babies, ah, you know, the white kids want to kill you. No, they don't. They don't care. You know what they want in kindergarten, little white babies? They want ice cream. That's what they want. That's all they want. Okay, they don't care. They don't care if it's vanilla or chocolate. They just want ice cream. Okay, you know what they don't want? They don't want to sit through a lap dance from a drag queen named Cinnabons. But everybody pushing all of these new initiatives so they can indoctrinate small children into their politics is ultimately conditioning them to have the worldview that we see on college campuses right now, where you can reduce our entire existence to oppressors and the oppressed. And that's how they wind up supporting Hamas instead of Israel. Like, well, Israel, you know, they've got more money. They're the oppressors. They're colonizing Hamas, and they've put them in an open-air prison, and ergo— The colonized victims in Hamas are justified in doing anything they want to get their freedom back from Israel. That's what they're doing right now. And do you understand doing that means co-signing the barbaric behavior that we've seen? Okay, whether beheading babies and raping women and dragging them through the streets. That's where we find ourselves right now, where people in America who are Jewish, like I am embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. 
okay, that I have Jewish friends in the year 2023 that don't feel like society has their back. Okay, I grew up in a town that was built for veterans returning home from World War II. It's called Levittown. It was the world's first suburb. Everybody I grew up surrounded by fought in the war, okay, or was the relative of someone who fought in the war. You know, the war against the Nazis, you know, the whole never forget thing. Okay, well, we have, in a lot of ways, there is about 20% of the society that very well has forgotten. Okay, and it's embarrassing to see people openly expressing anti-Semitism. Do you understand two summers ago you would have got fired from your job if you said, like, I support the police. They're good. Okay, people would have been like, that's racist. That's because you're white and it doesn't happen to you. How dare you support the police? But the same people that wanted to fire you for supporting the police now are out there openly telling you they support the terrorists. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. Okay, but if you're a member of the Jewish community, we have your back, man. Like we do. 80% of the society really does have your back. There's a lot more good than bad. The problem is the bad gets amplified in this day and age to seem more prevalent than they are. Okay, but again, their goal isn't to stay in the minority. Their goal isn't to look at polls that see 80% of Americans support Israel and 17% don't and 3% are unsure. No, their goal is to close that gap. Okay, they really think in the oversimplified, emotionally empowering language of identity politics where they say things like white privilege. Let me tell you what the two privileges are. They matter. Okay, and you can have them no matter what race or ethnicity or socioeconomic background you come from. Okay, there are two privileges, okay, that matter. One is thankfully a privilege everybody has. It's called American privilege. If you live in America, for real, you know, people don't like to hear this. You don't hear it a lot on your college campus where they're just yelling at Washington all the time. We're oppressed. We're systemically racist. That's my favorite thing in the world. The people who tell us this government is systemically racist. Okay, the deck is stacked against minorities. Ergo, this government that's systemically racist, that's oppressing everyone, we need to expand the size of that government. Give them more power. Spend more money. Create a bigger bureaucracy so this big, systemically racist government can solve all the racism in our lives. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Duh. Okay, and we're not systemically racist as the country. Nobody is oppressed in the year 2023, but you all have American privilege. Okay, this is, okay, by any definition, the most prosperous society on earth. We live in the richest country. Okay, so just by default, you have more opportunities and upward mobility in your life, whether you're realizing them or not. Okay, I'm speaking to you as a guy who was driving a taxi for most of his adult life, who didn't even have a bank account. I was so poor, I was living out of a sneaker box. But the point is, I was able to get where I am now because there were that many rungs on the ladder for me to climb. Didn't matter where I started. The point is, I had American privilege. There's no rule in our country that says you can't work as hard as you want to go as far as you want. I've gone too far. I mean that, okay? I went way too hard. I had a wife and a kid. I was broke. I loved them. I wanted to make a nice life for them. And now this is bananas. This is crazy, okay? And I actually have to watch what I eat because I'm always getting photographed walking down the street. I didn't sign up for this. Okay, I'm having a nice time, but sometimes I'm tired of sucking it in. You know what I mean? Put that cookie down now. God. Okay, but that's American privilege. You have it. I have it. 
Okay, everybody listening has it. Whether it's going good for you in life or not, you have the American privilege that will entitle you and enable you to turn the whole bus around if you bust your ass and do so. The other privilege not everybody has, okay, but it has nothing to do with race. Okay, it has nothing to do with money. Okay, it has nothing to do with where you went to school. It has nothing to do with what your parents do for a living, but it does have everything to do with your parents. Okay, there is something out there called family privilege, family privilege. Okay, if you come from a good family surrounded by ambitious people who support you and are fun-loving and are positive and are trying to make a positive difference in the world and set a good example for you with their own work ethic, with their own morals, with their own behavior, with their own contributions to a greater good. If you come from that, you have a major leg up on a good percentage of society. But those are the two privileges, and they're not exclusive to race. They're not exclusive to gender, okay? They're very much exclusive to the quality of people you grow up around and the quality of the country you do it in. That is indisputably true amongst every race and background. Take a guy like Tim Scott. Tim Scott, okay, in a modern political lexicon, was supposed to have been aborted, okay, because he had a single mother who was 19 years old, Okay, who didn't have a full time job when she gave birth to him with no father in the home. By the modern definition, the Democratic Party has set forth that baby shouldn't even be born. This is something Tim Scott encountered when he was on the floor talking about the labor force participation rate. And he said, you know, the terms you're defining would mean my mom had an abortion. And Jennifer Granholm was like, well, yes, technically. And Tim Scott goes, well, I'd just like to go on record as saying I'm glad my mom had the baby. Do you understand? His mom's still alive. She's 96. Her son is the first black American elected to both houses of Congress, the Senate and the House. He's now running for president. There are people out there who think he could be the next president. <laughs> Probably not. i got to be honest. <laughs> I like having him on the show. Uh, as, as presently constituted, I don't know that he'll get there. It doesn't mean he's out of the running for future elections. Okay, but the point is, Tim Scott wouldn't have been born. A baby that shouldn't even be born by the modern Democratic worldview. Okay, had family privilege. He had one parent, but she was a phenomenal parent. She worked seven different jobs and raised him and his siblings with the help of his grandmother. That nuke, that family, that infrastructure, okay, that positive atmosphere filled with ambition he was surrounded by instilled a work ethic and a determination into that guy that turned him into Tim Scott, a historic figure, the first black man elected to the House and the Senate. It's been done since Raphael Warren. Warnock got there, okay? But understand, he was the first guy to do it in the history of the country. A guy who, again, had family privilege. And when you hear all these other terms like oppressor and oppressed and everything in between, it's just garbage. It's just designed, okay, to reduce the amount of thought required to side with the liberals. That's what's going on right now in this country. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon being joined now uh, by a fan favorite on this show. (laughs) I am actually thrown by the theme music that brought us back from break because she likes the joke that she listens to the show under the covers. Andrea in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Andrea. Hey, girl. Hey, girlfriend. Listen, today, mm-hmm. I am Amot's daughter of Zariah. 
mm-hmm. and a Jew. Okay. Love I wear it. my faith around my neck, and my home is guarded by a mezuzah. So if you're looking for me, here I am. Good for you. Um, uh, it's it's this is incredible. Go ahead. Not The one thing, because I could say a million things, but one thing that I would like to point out, that people of my generation and the generation before me are noticing about the parallels between these organizations at our college campuses and the Hitler Youth Movement, mm-hmm. which yeah. started the Third Reich, turned brother against brother, sons against parents, had children outing Jews in certain neighborhoods, and forced my family from the Lutz ghetto in Poland many years ago. And I think we need to take a careful look at the parallels between what happened back then and what's going on now. And Jimmy, Mm -hmm. it's the first time in my life as a Jew that I am actually scared. Well, you shouldn't be scared. You should be bothered. You should be upset. America has your back. Okay, they do. The overwhelming, you know, majority of the American people do have your back. But it's 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 so disheartening, and I really feel for you to see the open contempt being expressed by people on the left because you're right about the parallels. Okay, they're there. And it's amazing because liberal people who like to tell you everyone who disagrees with them is a Nazi are certainly supporting the side of this the Nazis would be on. You know? Yeah, I, I live I live in a community of a lot of the greatest generation before mm-hmm. mine. Yep. And this is what they're discussing in yep. the lobby of my building, the parallels that they saw. Yeah. And they're nervous. And and then to to actually read and hear that in Germany of all places. Yeah. They're reluctantly advising Jews not to display their faith. Yeah. That's 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 disgusting and it's not going to work. Uh Andrea, we're going to lose you to a commercial break, but we love you. And uh, keep playing good ball out there. We got your back, girlfriend. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. And here we go. Back in action for another big hour of Fox Across America. Your home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. 888 788 9910 if you want to be a part of the show that has no barrier for entry. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, man. The only real rule we have uh, is you do need to own some perspective. If you're going to call into the show, if you're going to be a part of the conversation. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. Listen, our country right now, according to the people who live in it, 72% of Americans think the country is going in the wrong direction. Biden sucks. He's a disaster. Okay, unmitigated disaster. That being said, if you take two steps back, you have perspective, you realize we're really lucky to live here. We've just got to get the bus turned around. Okay, thankfully we have an election coming up where everybody gets to weigh in on the conditions in this country. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, is he ever? But one of the reasons we're having the problems we are on the world stage Okay, and this is true as the situation, the chaos continues to unfold and expand in Israel is because people on the world stage, they only 
Uh, believe me, they only respect strength. They don't care what our pronouns are. They don't care if the Air Force allows pregnant women to fly the planes. They just don't. They, they, they don't care. Okay, I'm just sorry. Okay, we could try, but it's, it's not. Okay, it's like Jenny telling me about her day. Okay, you could tell me I should care, and I need to sit through with it. But at the end of the day, Jenny starts talking, and me and Lincoln pretend we're the Oscar orchestra, and we play her off the stage, and then we make fun of her, and she gives us a hard time. And we love her, and it's great, and it's just something we do. Okay, but the point is, on the other side of the world, they don't care about any of the social justice initiatives we're pushing in this country. They just don't care. They can't be reasoned with. They can't. Uh, diplomacy doesn't work. Okay, the only thing they respect is force. And one of the biggest problems we're having on the world stage right now, as you see the escalating tensions in the Middle East, as you see China encircling Taiwan, as you see Russia still battling Ukraine nearly two years after it started, it all goes back to Afghanistan, all of it. And it's not just because we took our troops out ahead of our civilians and then were forced to evacuate in embarrassing fashion in a way that undermined the whole point of going 20 years ago, which was to make sure Afghanistan did not become a breeding ground for terror groups, we actually handed the government back to a terror group. But this time around, the people who wanted to blow us up on 9-11 now had $85 billion of our weapons to go with it. That can't be good. Not good. But that catastrophic failure is not alone responsible for emboldening the bad actors on the world stage. It's this decision... That after it happened and the world watched this play out, the political calculus within the White House was to try to frame this as a successful mission. Not even close! They made a calculated decision. Hey, we're going to get clobbered in the media if we just admit we were wrong about the Afghan army being able to hold up. We're going to get destroyed if we admit it was a mistake to not keep two air bases and limit it to one, which is what we ultimately decided. We're going to get destroyed if we admit it was a mistake to take the troops out ahead of the civilians. So what we'll do instead is we'll get on TV with our allies and the media and we'll tell the world that the whole thing was a success. It was so laughably false that Biden's poll numbers, which were eight points above ground, he had an eight-point favorability rating going into August, okay, of 2021. He left the month 15 points underwater. Biden is such a disaster. But he's a disaster because as a leader, what he should have done was owned the catastrophe. He should have, and this is the thing presidents have the luxury of doing. Presidents make bad decisions all the time, but the way they get credibility back is they fire advisors. They go, wow, yeah, it was not what we wanted it to be, and that is unacceptable. Milley is gone. Fire General Milley. Got to go. Okay. They fire some type of top advisor. It's unacceptable. Okay. Pentagon spokesman said the Afghan army wasn't going to fail. They fail within 24 hours of him saying that. He's got to go. He's fired. We can't accept this. This is the most you know, powerful, prosperous nation in the world. Okay, our strength, our fortitude is what holds this, this world together. Okay, when the bad actors around the globe saw the Biden characterization, mischaracterization, if you will, of Afghanistan, okay, they realized what they were dealing with. They were dealing with people in the White House who were more concerned with the political costs than the human costs. Ergo, they become very easy to manipulate. Okay, and that's what they've done. Okay, whether it's Russia rolling into Ukraine, whether it's Hamas paragliding into Israel, whether it's China surrounding Taiwan, North Korea is going to start setting off missiles any minute now. 
Oh, because they realize this is their window. There is a weakness in charge right now. And this is when, okay, lack of a strong America on the world stage lets things get out of hand. Okay, if you lived in a house with a dad or a mom who had great command of the kids, okay, you knew what it was like when you guys were acting up or fighting and talking or arguing, and he hit me and she took my thing, and and somebody would just go, hey, knock it off. And that just restored. I was like, oh, gosh, okay, we don't. You know, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want that thing to get upset. You know, if you grew up in an era where you could get beat up, you know, my dad whistling and yelling, knock it off. He didn't have to say knock it off. He usually just whistled and everybody stopped yelling and, was, and you know, and just realized, you, you know, you had a, a cop who just worked an eight-hour tour and he was half in the bag from drinking Meisterbrow in the backyard. You know, he whistles while you're arguing with your brother and you're like, oh, this is a problem. Okay. America used to have the whistle. When the world was acting up, getting out of control, America would whistle. And the Hamasas of the world would go, oh, they don't do that anymore. They don't care. They don't respect what's going on in the Oval Office. So our weakness is what has perpetuated this problem. So as we kick off this hour right now, you understand we're supposed to be covering the Speaker of the House and the fact that Jim Jordan was hoping to be (laughs) sworn in today as the next House Speaker. Here's the update. Uh, Jordan falling, I believe, almost 20 votes short. There's a lot of people. uh, There's a personal animus in the House of Representatives right now that is entitling these politicians to do what they want instead of what their people want. Okay, the American people want a speaker. And in districts like, you know, you take a guy like, you know, Don Bacon or Ken Buck. These are guys whose districts voted by 40 points for Trump. Okay, but obviously Trump has endorsed Jordan for speaker. But are they actually going out and following the wishes of Trump and the districts that voted for Trump? The answer would be no. No. Okay, they're voting against it. One jackass just wrote in John Boehner's name because of the animus between Boehner and Jordan. One jackass just wrote in John Boehner like, ha, 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 ha. What an idiot. Because, again, you're just corrupting the process. That's not a serious vote. That's not a person who can actually become the House Speaker. So why not, you know, why not write in, seriously, (laughs) why not just, why don't write in Mr. T while you're at it? Shut up, fool. Seriously, go write in Mr. T. Go. Why not? Go write in... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right in Red Fox while we're sitting here. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. It doesn't matter. You could still do it, you know? You could write in Sally from Charlie Brown if you want. You blockhead! But the point is, these aren't real votes. And this is the whole... Uh, gosh, it drives me crazy. I repeat, I repeat this too much. Bear with me. This show, okay, it has one very basic premise that it operates on. Okay, it's the same thing I talk about when I'm on the road doing stand-up, Okay. We have to stop this thing where we're so beholden to one political party because we hate the other one so much because it allows the people in both parties to get away with not doing their job. Do you understand? That's true. That is true. Okay. The Republican Party is not doing their job. They should have a House Speaker by now. There's no excuse for them not to have a House Speaker. Okay. The good news is, you know, again. They get a new speaker in there. They get the appropriations deal under control. They start passing budgets without a continuing resolution, and we have a mechanism in place to control spending. Everyone will ultimately forgive them and benefit in the long run 
from this chaos. But you understand they're furthering the chaos right now intentionally. And that's not what we ask them to do. Okay, when we, the people, okay, send folks to Washington, they're supposed to do our bidding. And at the very least, they're supposed to act like they're there to do our bidding. Okay, they get on TV every night and go, I just want to do what's best for the American people. Come on, don't bullshit me. Well, we knew they were. But the point is there was at least the pretense, there was at least the respect, the healthy respect of the voter that they felt the burden of execution. They had to get up there and make it look like they were executing their promises, okay, following through on them. They don't even do that anymore. If a guy's voting John Boehner, who has no chance of being the next speaker of the House, literally none, okay, that's a guy that's clowning, that's straight up clowning the proceedings. But we're in this position, okay, where we have a weak president in the Oval Office because this became the status quo in our politics, okay? The two parties hated each other so much. The Democrats were willing, and some Republicans and certainly moderates and independents were willing to go out there and vote for a guy, okay, who we all knew wasn't qualified to be president at the time he was running. How did you know he wasn't qualified, Jimmy? Oh, I don't know. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go you know the you know the thing does anybody hear that okay in the spring of 2020 and go that guy's got four good years in him he's robust the answer would be no no we all knew when he was running this is not news that's why i told you the media was trying to put a hit out on biden okay this war is going to keep biden on the ticket okay it they're not replacing him in the middle of a war they can't give him the step aside speech Okay, that's just the reality. Okay, you dance with the gal you brought to the ball. This is who we're dancing with. You don't change horses in the middle of the race. Well, congratulations, America. We're now riding a horse called Glue Stick in the Oval Office Derby. It's crazy, but we got to this position. Why? Because it was so much more important for Democrats to beat Republicans. So much more important for Republicans to beat Democrats. That politics became a team sport where we fought the other party. Okay, where we rooted for our own party harder than we rooted for our country. Joe Biden was not qualified to be president. He was not qualified going back three years ago, let alone right now. Okay, three years ago. Are you ready for it? Tell me if this guy sounds qualified to be the leader of the free world when we're literally on the precipice of nuclear war. This is three years ago. Tell me if you want this guy to be the only thing standing in the way of a nuclear meltdown. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, that's what's in charge right now, okay, with the game on the line. And that's what the Democrats are going to put at the top of the ticket. And they have a good chance of winning this thing again. Wrong. But they do. That's reality. Trump's been indicted 91 times. If he wins the primary, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how many independents he can pull. I don't know how many suburban women he can pull. I'm not telling you he's going to win this thing going away. Is he a better president than Biden? Absolutely. Anyone's better. Barron Trump would be better than Biden. Barron Trump. Whatever he's doing. Is he a junior in high school, senior in high school? Uh, whatever. It's, I mean, what is he doing? Hopefully doing chicks. I don't know what they do at that age. I, I love it when you talk dirty. I'm just saying. Okay, if he was my age, if I was his age, he'd be doing whippets behind the school, <laughs> doing whippets and drinking Bud Dry. That's what I was doing when I was his age. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. But the point is, okay, anybody would be better than Biden, but it doesn't mean anybody's going to get a chance to be president. 
because we got to a place in our politics where we're rooting for the party so hard, we hate the other side so much, that we're willing to absolve our own party of anything. People will go out and and support Democrats, knowing full well that a lot of Democrats support Hamas. The Hamas caucus is a thing. Rashida Tlaib yesterday, okay, Ilhan Omar, flat out tweeting Hamas propaganda that Israel bombed a hospital. Okay, they openly embrace Hamas. Israel's committing a genocide. They're colonizers. They're oppressing people. It's an open-air prison. That's what they're saying. You're not telling me the truth. But they're getting away with not telling the truth. They're getting away with siding with these barbarians. Okay, because they just we just want to win elections now. So people support it. And I'm just saying this about the Republican Party. We don't owe them our loyalty. We don't just go, oh, I'll just vote for the Republican because this guy's he's a Republican. I'm a Republican. My dad voted Republican. My grandparents voted Republican. We don't owe them that loyalty anymore. Like it's time to start, you know, ordering a la carte. You know, you really do have to take a good long look at the character of the person you're sending to Washington. Because i got to be honest with you, most of what we're sending there are clowns, even in the Republican Party. They're members of the Uniparty. Jim Jordan is a guy who's committed to cutting spending. Jim Jordan is a guy who's committed to closing the border. Jim Jordan is a guy who's committed to real oversight. Okay, he's like committed to those things. Not on the radio. I'm talking if you were having a natty light with him, okay, off stage somewhere at a comedy show in Ohio, Jim Jordan is committed to those things. Okay, there's a lot of people who are Republicans, self-styled, that claim they espouse those things when they go on TV, but behind closed doors, they're members of the Uniparty, the status quo in Washington, where we act like we care and then we go out and have the fanciest lobbyist dinner you've ever heard of. Okay, that's who's in Washington right now. Not just Democrats who are idiots who support Hamas and identity politics, but people in the Republican Party who root for the lobbyists a lot harder than they root for the constituents they're supposed to be looking out for. And the fact that we don't have a House Speaker now, it really is the proof, I mean it though, okay, that they're not even pretending to do our bidding at this point. They're just doing whatever the hell they want. And as you look out at the world right now, the team that nobody wants to play, that's America. We get off the school bus, people hear our cleats hit the, hit the pavement floor, and they go, oh, they're not scared anymore. Okay, they're not nervous anymore. Now they're just looking at the team that nobody wants to play like the team nobody can take seriously. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking to Johnny Joey Jones in the next break, a guy who fought for this country. Uh, I got to tell you, man, when you look out at the world right now, you look at the chaos, you hear that we're mobilizing Marines, as many as 2,000 troops to go over there and do anything they can. Uh, You know, you don't really hear a lot of people, you know, that are talking about the, the perils of this escalating. You know, he's a guy that knows, you know, the horrors of war up close and personal, and I'm really interested to hear his take because I'm not hearing that restraint. And again, as someone who realizes the importance of espousing peace through strength, it's, you know, one thing to have that. (laughs) It's another thing to just be funding both sides of a conflict that will only make it get bigger, and that is what we're doing right now. Okay, if you look out at Gaza, what do you hear every day? 
Ah, we're running out of food. No, we're running out of water. But you know what you never hear? You never hear that they're running out of missiles. I think he's got a point. Yeah, it's almost as if the money we're sending them for food and water is actually being spent on other things. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Every day. Oh, they got to get more food. Oh, they got to get more water. All right, here's 100 million rockets, rockets, rockets. They don't run out of rockets. Like, it, it blows my mind. Obviously, they're being funded by Iran. Okay, but Iran is being funded by us. But when, when you hear Biden say, you know, today my administration sent another $100 million to the people of Palestine. and You've got to support the humanitarian causes. Don't worry. We have mechanisms in place to make sure the money is going where it's supposed to. No, you don't. You said that about the last money you spent, and they wound up spending it on missiles. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And like all of you, I'm hoping and praying the conflict in the Middle East will wrap up quickly. Uh, This next guest, an expert on things wrapping up quickly because he's an Atlanta Braves fan. Wow, that didn't last long. Uh, Johnny Joey Jones back on the show with a cheap shot intro. Hello, sir. I guess you're just a big Phillies fan now. <laughs> Yo, my Josh, who uh, is the engineer, uh, the master who makes all the things happen on this show, hates the Phillies so much. Like, so you don't even know. And we're all just trying to, like, you know, make peace because it's inevitable. Don't you think the Phillies are going to win the world? I mean, it's crazy what they're doing right now. No, they look like Atlanta did for about 200 games this year. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like they're doing their best Atlanta Braves impersonation, and they're doing a great job at it. Um uh, you know, listen, I don't have a big opinion on the Philadelphia Phillies baseball team, but mm. we can all agree that their fans are the absolute worst. So, <laughs> you know, good on them. I'm glad they're, they're getting something out of it. They are winning and winning. I mean, it's the one thing I give them credit for, okay, is I, I get it. I'm not a Phillies fan either, but I've said this a lot on this show. They are the only fans left in baseball that are still committed to throwing beer at the other fans. Okay, beer is That's $22. <laughs> yeah, if you're willing to throw a $22 beer, think of how committed you are, you know? Nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> no, listen, I I love it. I love it. They're they're in our division, so I have to hate them. Yeah. But, uh, hey, you got to respect. I mean, Bryce Harper got all that money, and he's been doubted for years. And the last couple of years, he's proven his worth, and I, I respect him for it. Yes, he's phenomenal, phenomenal postseason player. Um, how about really quickly, and then I know we have some adulting to do. Um, are you sold? I know you're the biggest Georgia fan around, but are you sold on this Georgia team? Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 with them until they prove me wrong. Uh, okay. They look more like Georgia teams of 2017, 18, and 19, mm-hmm. which were very capable teams. Yep. Um, they're young, and the thing is, hey man, they haven't lost a game yet, so nope. we're still here. Stick with them. Yeah, just take the ride. <laughs> yeah. Buy the ticket, take the ride. Okay, gone is George Pickens yeah. and Stetson Bennett, but the team is still winning ball games. No, I respect that. Well, listen, mm-hmm. listen. You know, we won two championships with Lad McConkey, a zero-star receiver, being our best receiver, and Stetson Bennett, a two-time walk-on, being our quarterback. So, <laughs> you know, all the recruiting that hype is on. Coaching them up, getting them to believe in it. We got mm-hmm. a bunch of young guys. Brock Bowers is out, which could mean 
uh, it could mean destruction, or it could mean that those five or six receivers they have have to start playing their game. Imagine that. We're talking to Johnny Joey Jones. Uh, is <laughs> the there... spin is yeah. on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Is there any truth to the rumor, though, that Kirby Smart might become the next Speaker of the House? Uh, you know what? He's got just about as good of a chance as Kevin McCarthy does. <laughs> it's, dude, it's so crazy right now. Uh, so we're, we're short votes again. I don't know if they're going to vote again in a little while. I mean, the truth is in politics, okay? It looks absurd. But at the same time, if they eventually get back the power of the purse, fix appropriations, and start balancing budgets and not using these CRs to fund the government, they can be forgiven for this. But we are running into, like, clown territory now when you're on, like, the fourth guy in the 10th vote, you know? Riddle me this. If they didn't have enough time to pass the appropriations bills before this fight started, how do they have enough time to pass the appropriations bills <laughs> once this fight gets settled? That's just a timeline problem because yeah. they're not working on any of it right now. I, I know several people up there and have talked to them through this whole process. Mm -hmm. So, listen, I, I spread the hate evenly yes. when it comes to Congress. I don't love one. You know, there's a couple of guys I served with and have mm -hmm. known forever. They, they get a little bit more grace from me. But for the most part, I expect them all to be very selfish, especially in Congress because they're always trying to get reelected. They never yep. stop campaigning. That's a part of their legislative strategy. So if you look at this from a 30,000-foot view, mm -hmm. Matt Gates has voted for a CR just about every year he's been in Congress. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to vote for one this time, and he, and he was successful in staging uh, a, 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 to get McCarthy out. Okay, mm -hmm. fair enough. Hey, that's politics. It is what it is. Guess what? He's going to vote for a CR yep. when the next speaker gets appointed. It may be a 30-day CR. Yep. It may be a year-long CR, but he's going to vote for one. So his entire principled argument is going to go out the window because it's not going to be a CR McCarthy put up there. So what is their strategy? I'm not saying he was wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying McCarthy was right. But what is the strategy here? What, how are you actually going to get to a house that is more conservative and doing things more the way they're supposed to if your mechanism for disruption creates more of doing things the wrong way? And that's where we are right now today. That's such a great point is that Congress is filled with influencers. They just want to be like social media influencers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like the biggest. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. And, you know, listen, Matt Gates is playing a game better than the rest of them, but it's the game that they all want to play. It, yep. Beating up on him doesn't get you anywhere. Uh, I'm frustrated because I, I felt like in, in, in when you look at results only, not method of how you get there, mm -hmm. I feel like the, the CR that they put in, the 30% the, the cut, mm -hmm. started the conversation in the right way in a position where you have moderates in your very slim majority of Republicans, and then you have every single Republican in the Senate, minus a couple, is going to vote for spending. That's what Senate Republicans do. Yeah. Where Where is your leverage right now to mm -hmm. get spending under control? Your leverage is to win the House, win the Senate, win the presidency, and be a thorn in their side that way. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, we're not playing good ball. You know, we opened talking about the Phillies. Uh, we are not the playing. in the postseason. Yeah. Just snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> dare, dare I say Dodgers in the postseason. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you know, you put up a fight. Uh, Clayton Kershaw just lets up nine runs in the first inning and they drag him off the mound. Not pretty. Um, oh. let's, let's talk about this while I got you on the phone. Um, you know, this whole back and forth in the Middle East, obviously, it breaks your heart. There's a lot of carnage and chaos and something I know you have quite an extensive background in dealing with. Um, 
are you frustrated at all by the fact that, you know, Biden's over there. He's announcing more humanitarian aid to Palestine and, of course, you know, innocent civilians who mean well and don't support Hamas uh, do deserve our consideration. But is it possible to give them humanitarian aid without it going towards terror? Have you met a Palestinian that doesn't support Hamas? No, of course. No, <laughs> that's the point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and if, listen, this is not a justification yes. uh-huh. for, for civilians being injured or killed. Nope. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the talking points that are coming from our government yes. and even even Israel's government and others. And it's this idea that the, the, the people in Gaza are – completely benign to this, and they're not. It may not be their fault that mm-hmm. they've been raised and indoctrinated, but the idea that – and this is what I've been speaking about for several days now. When the Soviets went into Afghanistan, mm-hmm. they bombed and used tanks. They didn't get out on the street. They didn't do diplomacy. They didn't talk to people. They just killed everyone they thought needed to be killed, and that was how they were going to take Afghanistan. And they quickly realized you can't get to those people yep. with tanks and planes. So they finally uh, – we those people. Uh, stingers that could take the planes and the tanks out, and they said, you know what? It's not worth losing it. We're going to get out of there. Mm -hmm. What was left were a whole bunch of orphans. Those orphans got rounded up, put into madrasas, and and indoctrinated in the 1980s at how bad the Western world and Russia is. Mm -hmm. All right? So then 20 years later, do the math. We have 9-11, and now there's an entire army of indoctrinated 20-year-olds that want to kill us. And they do a pretty good job at it for 20 years mm-hmm. as the Taliban. So the problem Israel has is you can't get to every Hamas fighter and kill them and eradicate Hamas. Mm-hmm. They are breeding a new generation of Hamas by killing Hamas. And there is no answer to that problem right now. Yeah, it's really hard to watch it play out. Johnny Joey Jones is on the line. And there's you know this secondary battle being fought over information. And I think what a lot of people on the left are trying to do, and this, this one bothers me, is people are trying to establish what I consider to be a moral equivalence between Israel and Hamas. And I think that's what yesterday's spin on the hospital attack was, was a justification for all the people who've been cheering on Hamas to say, look, we were right. Look what Israel does. Uh, and that part, I mean, there's still a couple of tweets up from the squad. The Times ran with it, CBS ran with it. Isn't it kind of crazy to be living in an America where like three summers ago you might have got fired for saying you supported the police. Now you say you support a terror group. You still got a gig in journalism in Congress. Isn't that a little off? It's on brand. It's where we are. It's where we've been. I mean, you can't say a man is a man and a woman is a woman. You can't say boys can't beat up girls on a wrestling mat. You can't say a lot of things, it seems. So why not say that people who murder, rape, and pillage uh, are victims? I mean, that's in line with everything else we're told to believe these days. The truth is it's it's disgusting. War is horrible. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. It's the worst thing. As someone who has fought two wars— you won't find a bigger pacifist when it comes to opportunity to not get into a war than me because I know the price of war isn't losing my legs as a combatant. The price of war is innocent civilian blood. That is the price of war no matter who's creating it or who's defending themselves. It happens. It happens sometimes by intent. Sometimes it happens accidentally, but it will happen. It is guaranteed. It is as true as the sun will come up tomorrow. You do not engage in war as a, as, a, as a short fuse, as a quick decision, I have no, I have no reservations that the Israeli government has waited this long to look at an operation like this for that reason. 
and they feel like they have no other option. Now, you can say that they've done things wrong. They've done this wrong. You can say that it, the land belongs to the Palestinians. I got news for you. The land belongs to whoever won the last war. Yeah. That's the way the world works. <laughs> That's how this world works. So if you true. want something different, you better get a big army and go win all the wars. Yep. That's how people are. I hate it. I mm -hmm. wish it were different, but it is absolutely the truth when it comes to human beings. The people with their head in the clouds feel like they, they aren't for much, but think Israel should somehow defend itself, not just today, but in the future, without engaging in war. I want to know what textbook they got it out of so I can put it on the pile next time we're burning books. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's Dude, it's so true, man. And I, I think back to our country. Whenever you hear a phrase like stolen land, I'm like, dude, whoever was the first guy to take the land lost it to the second guy about an hour later. You know, and that's just been the way it's been. Uh, and it's spot the on. Best, yeah. yeah. And it's, but it's, it's well, a, the best example is like yeah. the, the fight over Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Indian tribe who says that it's sacred to them literally killed the tribe that it belonged to right up until, uh, you know, <laughs> right before we took it. <laughs> they owned it's, it for a year. Well, no, that's sacred. It's it's No, that's just not how it is, man. I know. And it's rough. And, and, and it's, you know, that's why you do try to avoid stuff like this. But, but let me ask you, like, knowing that we are hurtling towards what sometimes feels like a larger conflict— you know, is there a is there a means to avoiding a larger conflict when you hear that we are calling up Marines and, you know, potentially other apparatus of our armed services, uh, armed forces to help out over there? You know, is there an off ramp coming or are we looking at a Ukraine where we've got a two year deal? Like, what do you think is actually going on? It, you know, it's, I'm not going to tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl. and I'm not going to tell you what's happening here, but this okay. is, I'll tell you what I know leading up to it. Mm hmm. Um, a couple of things here. Number one, the, the military, the, the units we have in position mm -hmm. can do two things. They can bomb mm -hmm. and they can do crisis response. And that's what those units are best at. So, mm -hmm. for example, if we send jets off an aircraft carrier to bomb uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon, we also have the 26th Mew that can go recover a pilot if he gets shot down. That's the kind of thing that that Mew can do very well. Okay. They can also go in and get Americans that are trapped in a war-torn area of Israel or Gaza, not necessarily go in and beat Hamas. These aren't necessarily infantry troops. They're specialized in some of them are combatant troops, mm -hmm. special operations, but their training and capabilities are they can land amphibiously, they can land by air, and they can go in and surgically uh, recover, uh, you know, an air, an airplane, a pilot, a group of Americans. That's the type of capabilities we've put there. And I think that's the appropriate thing to do. I think it's the best thing we could do is have the threat to bomb you into oblivion and the assets to go get our people back. I think a lot of people have forgotten or aren't talking about the fact that one of the things that makes the Israeli relationship so important to us is the overwhelming amount of dual citizens and the, and the overwhelming amount of Americans that live in Israel or, or have family in Israel and spend a lot of time there. I think that makes this, regardless of our diplomatic situation with Israel, us being a close ally in all things, that is an important thing. Look at Afghanistan. Look at Ukraine. Look at the crisis that wasn't solved by the government with Americans being stranded in a war-torn area. I think having the assets there is important and smart. As far as where this is going, mm -hmm. take you back to 1983. In 1983, the earliest iterations of Hamas bombed Marine barracks in Beirut, Lebanon. They actually ended up killing 307 people. Over 200 of them were uh, Americans. Reagan had a plan to go in and bomb the Iranian training, the, the facilities built by Iran, training Hezbollah. 
And the Secretary of Defense talked him out of it because he said there wasn't enough, quote, proof that Iran was behind it. Here we are 40 years later in the same fight. Would we be here if 40 years ago Reagan had bombed them? And does that mean we should support Biden bombing something similar today? I don't know, but we have to look at it and try to learn from history. Yeah, I, in, in, a, in a perfect world, we would. Uh, I don't always look at the top of this administration and feel like they're playing championship ball. But it doesn't mean, <laughs> you know, doesn't mean I won't root for them. I'll put on my big foam finger. I'll put on a, a, a Biden jersey, uh, whatever I got to do. Uh, but, man, it is. It's tough to watch. I, I don't know. I don't know that Hamas was intimidated by the president who takes the small steps to get onto the plane. We'll see. You're right. You're right. I'm in a place where I have to believe the president will make some good decisions and not criticize him if he doesn't do them the way I want him to. Mm -hmm. But I can't wait for this president to retire. I'll put it that (laughs) way. It's going to (laughs) be. Talk about addition by subtraction on our roster. Uh, We'll get there uh, in due time. (laughs) Listen, it was good to have you back on the show. They should know the book. uh, It is called Unbroken Bonds of Battle, a modern warrior's book of heroism, patriotism, and friendship expertly written uh, by, I might add, you know how much I loved it. And I'm not just buttering you up to get you back on the show because I kind of think you're a pain in the ass with all the brave stuff. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm an easy guest right now. You, I'm a punching bag, man. Yeah, actually, right. Yeah, we got you down. We need to rebook him again tomorrow <laughs> if you're not doing anything. <laughs> got to cash these checks while we can. Oh, you're the best, man. Uh, uh, keep playing good ball, brother. I'll see you soon. Take care, man. My man, the great Johnny Joey Jones. Go buy his book. Uh, you really, you talk about a riveting read that gives you the gravity of what goes on on the ground in one of these conflicts. And you realize, you know, just how necessary, just how necessary it is to avoid war if we can because of the civilian cost that is paid. Uh, but it also underscores why the barbarians on the Hamas side of this fight that have no regard for human life need to be stopped at all costs. It is a real wild time to be alive, man. Buckle up. We'll discuss it more after this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, doing the damn thing at 888-788-9910. We're supposed to be talking to Kat Kamek in the next hour about the Republican failure to throw their support behind Jim Jordan. What the hell were you thinking? She might tell us. I don't know. I don't know if she'll be out of the chamber. Uh, It sounds like they might just keep on voting, according to Russell. You know, we always make fun of Russell on this show. If you hear Jim Jordan on the show, I'm always like, you know, Russell's a drunk. You know, Russell has a gambling problem. That's the head of Jim Jordan's press team. And Russell's a syrupy sweet guy. We just like to bust his balls. Uh, But he's actually in the line of journalism, uh, journalistic fire right now, because he's the one going out and articulating uh, the Jordan Camp's take on where we go from here. Uh, If it updates between now and the end of this next commercial break, we will certainly share it. You guys have the highest security clearance in the radio business. Do not screw it up. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? Here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up. On this show, uh, an embarrassment of radio riches, if you will. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler. 
And it's about to be Fox Across America with Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek, who was in the chamber a short while ago trying to elect a new speaker. Did it happen? Not even close. No, ma'am. We are being told the House is now being treated to pizza. And they're taking a recess to talk it over, do a little horse trading behind closed doors, and see if they can round the votes up for Jim Jordan. 888-788-9910. If you've got an alternative plan, uh, one way or the other, all are welcome on the show. Uh, We have one rule. We say it every day, at the top of every show, at the top of every hour, okay? Everyone's welcome. I am not an activist. I'm a talk show host. Activism takes energy, okay? In the words of the great Brian Brenberg, Fox Business host, he said, I am an inactivist, okay? I'm just here, kind of rooting for the country. And if you're doing that, you don't have to agree with my policies or my views. I don't care. Uh, All we ever ask, you know, we say what? Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... There it is. You know, you hear it so much on this show. You can sing along, you know, where you're listening in at work or at home or in the meth lab or where you ever happen to listen to this show. Uh, We have the same refrain every day because when you look around at the world right now, you realize we don't need more Republicans or more Democrats. We just need a lot less. There it is. Okay, but as we get underway right now, something uh, that is really so mind boggling to me is where the conversation has gone in this country you know, around the conflict in the Middle East, okay? We're living in an America uh, where if you walked into your corporate boardroom and told a woman, nice dress, uh, you'd probably be fired for harassment, okay? But if you walked into their kids' kindergarten class and read them a sex book, you'd be cheered on. Kind of weird, okay? We're living in an America where if you told somebody... You know, I support the police in the summer of 2020. They would have been like, you're a racist. But you can turn around and be like, I support Hamas. And the college kids will cheer you on. It's horrific. It's mind-blowing. It's a weird, you know, we're unmoored now. There's a broken compass. And so much of what is going on in terms of, like, the both sides the moral equivalencies they're trying to give us when it comes to Israel and Hamas stems from the misrepresentation of society by, you know, big academia, the big colleges who just want you to believe, okay, that there's a world out there where we can build a woke utopia by just focusing on every grievance the woke people bring forth. Everything woke turns to Totally, because what wokeness is ultimately done is it prioritizes finding grievance where we shouldn't otherwise see one, where we shouldn't otherwise care, okay? Oh, there's a movie? How diverse is the cast? You don't ask whether or not it's good anymore, you know? You go looking at song lyrics now for something to be mad about. You go to a comedy show for something to get offended by instead of the whole point of going, which was to laugh, Whole point of going to a concert was to enjoy the music, dance along, have a good time. Whole point of going to a movie, mindlessly tune out, have some escapism. We're now calibrating people to look for offense in the places they'd otherwise find joy. Okay, and part of doing so oftentimes means starting a problem where there wasn't one. Okay, in this country, to be very clear, you know, there wasn't a problem, okay, that we knew of with anti-Semitism, okay, because we were not looking at the world through the lens of occupiers, oppressors, and the oppressed. 
But the people on woke college campuses came along and they were like, well, you know, Israel is uh, oppressing Palestine. They're the, uh, they're, you know, the oppressors. Palestine's oppressed. And then it became fashionable to root for groups like Hamas because in the limited worldview of wokeness, Hamas is oppressed, ergo, anything we do on behalf of them is supposedly okay. Now, is it actually okay? The answer would be no. No. But there's a lot of people out there in academia and in the Democratic Party who would tell you otherwise. Okay, they're the same people who spent the summer of 2020 telling you we were systemically racist. Well, we're systemically racist. So if people want to go throw so many rocks at the White House that President Trump gets stuck in a bunker and 150 Secret Service agents get treated medically because they were hit with bricks and rocks. Well, this is what happens in a systemically racist country. You know, you got to burn down police stations. You got to torch black owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis in the name of equality. That's what they did. And they were cheered on because in the reductive lens of fake oppression. Okay, these people believe that they were liberating folks. Okay, but the truth is, the reality is, if you live in America right now, there's nobody oppressed. Everybody in the world can do anything they want. Okay, we're a country now, okay, that is majority, minority, majority in most of our major city police forces. We're a country now that is electing people from every ethnic background to higher office. Okay, we are a country as tolerant and inclusive as anything there is in the world. But because college, okay, and college kids, envy the prior generations who actually had things to fight for. They fancy themselves activists just the same. But the truth is the college kids who protested 40 years ago and 50 years ago didn't do so with the support of big pharma, of big government, of every corporation in America. The kids who protested 50 years ago were actually raging against the machine. Okay, these kids have joined the machine. Tell them like it is. Screw you. We're protesting the people that won't get the pharmaceutical vaccine that's been forced on us with no clinical proof of its long-term consequences or whether or not it actually blocks transmission. Screw you. We're with the big pharmaceutical companies, you know. Defund the police, just like they're saying at all the big corporations that bankroll Black Lives Matter. That's what college kids do now. They actually join the safe side in terms of ideology, okay? They go to that other place and feel like they're rebels, but they're hot topic rebels, okay? They're actually rallying on behalf of the trendy hashtags instead of the actual oppressed people or at least the actual marginalized or attacked people, okay? When you talk about a genocide, when Israel attacks Hamas, They pass out leaflets. They go door to door. They say, hey, you're not going to want to be here Thursday around 2 o'clock. We're going in. Okay? That's not genocide. That's not actually trying to exterminate a race of people. That's trying to keep as many civilians safe as possible. Whereas Hamas, okay, the air quote oppressed, are attacking unarmed civilians. They are attacking children and women. Not military installations, human installations. But in the reductive worldview of college campuses, somehow Hamas is supposedly justified in doing so. That is a fact check false. Don't tell anybody on a college. Jesse is in Jonesboro, Tennessee. Jesse! Hey, Jimmy. You might remember me. I'm the one that always calls you from the ladder painting. How could I forget, Jesse? There it is. We, we don't have a lot of people. We don't have a lot of people on ladders that call the show. We have a lot of people on drugs. We have, they're on drugs, but not usually on ladders. 
Yeah, no, no. I'm well. I had a beer, but you know, that ain't a big deal. No, I wanted to talk to you, man. I wanted to let's start here, and I'm just going to give you a quick rundown. So, my husband is a 54, 54 year old Desert Storm Marine. Remember this. We have two little boys. He is Jewish. My boys are Jewish. Mm-hmm. I kept my son home from school on Friday, and you know, the school was like, "That's not an excusable excuse." Like, mm-hmm. really? Wow. Uh, did we not have? people calling for violence. Are we not seeing this in the colleges? I also have a 19-year-old son Mm -hmm. that is not in college, and this is why, by his own volition, he does not want to go to college because what he's seeing here. I guarantee it. my son was at one of these schools where there was protests happening, like pro-Hamas, are you serious right now? Yeah. Like, my boy would be in jail. (laughs) No kidding. I'm like, what are we doing to our children? My little boy just got in trouble. I had a Department of Children's Services at my house because my son made a comment about sex. He's seven years old. Yep. And, um, you know, they were just so blown away. And I'm like, really? But kids can be transgender at five. Yeah, well, that's that's my favorite argument right now is they're like, well, you can't get mad at these college kids for supporting Hamas because they're too young no, to know any better. Sex comment, you know, of course. He didn't even know what sex was. Of I course. I had to explain it to him when he got home. He didn't even know what it was. No, he Somebody just used a, he, he used a word that he thought was silly. Yeah. Yeah, Lincoln well, used to Well, they told that. him to say it, and, uh-huh. you know, and then someone went and reported it to the principal, and now I've got children's services at my door? Are you serious? Like yeah, trying no, to that's, that's, act like I'm doing something wrong as a parent? No, that's, wow. It's like, crazy. Wow. What a screwed up place we're in. Yeah, we're fighting a lot of the wrong yeah. battles. Like, if I was you, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't come down from that ladder. I'd just stay up there. It, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling <laughs> like it. It's a beautiful day here in Jonesboro, though. So. Beer on a it's ladder. Beer on a ladder is a move right now. Oh, I miss I you more. I'm going to be down there uh, in November for the Patriot Awards. Maybe we'll, we'll all get the hang. Really? Yeah, that's... Uh, at, Nashville? Yeah, it's in the Opryland Convention Center, just outside of downtown Our- Nashville. And yeah, I'm way over in East Tennessee. I'm like I'm way closer to Bristol. Well, listen, not, it's a worse commute. Yeah, it's a worse commute for me than it is for you. So I don't want to hear it, ladder lady. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, I feel like, I feel bad for you having a little up there. I got out of Baltimore ten years ago. So. <laughs> you, you escaped. <laughs> I, I figured it out. Yeah, Baltimore is not an area that you move out of. You escape Baltimore. That's exactly, what you did. Exactly, and that's what I did. Well, I had bullet holes in my car. I was done. I I, so, and I, I don't yeah. doubt you're telling me the truth. That's so insane, man. Yep. Well. Listen, I live in Podunk, and I have a beautiful mountain view from this ladder, oh, so I'm going to go enjoy that. Sir, good for you. have you. a wonderful afternoon. And <laughs> Jesse. Thank you for taking my call. This was epic. <laughs> Be well. I'll see you soon. Take care. Keep painting. There she goes, the great Jesse. She has a good racket, huh? You hear the peace in the voice of a woman who's just having a beer on a ladder in Tennessee? That sounds amazing right now. Okay, but, you know, having kids, having people in school in this day and age. Like right now, uh, I was just showing us on TV on Fox News. There's a pro-Palestinian protest happening right now at the City University of New York. College kids protesting for Palestine. Most of those college kids protesting for Palestine, if they showed up over there to Gaza, you know, those gay kids protesting, they'd get killed, actually killed. Like, I'm transgender, and I'm here to say Israel needs to stop this genocide. It doesn't matter that you agree with them. They don't agree with you. They'll kill you. They don't respect your values or your right to exist. I'm telling you this. I say it all the time. It's never been a dumber time to be alive in right now. It is weapons-grade stupid. Okay, and what's so fascinating is that the people charging the most for an education are turning out the dumbest facet of society. Big college, okay, the Harvards of the world, the Yales of the world, okay, are churning out just the dumbest people you've ever seen.
I mean, imagine that. You think about that, okay, and how it's the complete opposite of supposed to of what's supposed to be happening. You know, imagine we were selling a weight loss supplement and everybody who paid us big money to get their hands on it gained 75 pounds. Like Harvard's supposed to make you smarter and these kids are getting dumber and they're paying top dollar for it. Okay, if we were charging them, you know, $500 for a gallon of SlimFast and everybody was gaining 75 pounds, you'd go, hey, you know, that SlimFast thing ain't working. Okay, that's what you'd say. But that's the truth with big academia. A lot of these people are dumber. They're burdened with massive levels of debt. They've been sold degrees that don't actually have a commensurate job program. Every single joke I've ever made about community college and me going there has been taken back on this show. Okay, I've never been prouder ever in my life, okay, that I had to go to Nassau Community College and didn't get saddled with a lifetime supply of debt and a hatred for the country I grew up in. My goodness gracious, if you're thinking about it, go get those good, get an associate's at a community college, or if you're going to wind up at a four-year school, get two years' worth of credits that are a lot more affordable at that community college, and understand that, you know, even if you go to that college and you don't pay attention and you spend half the time drinking in a parking lot, you too could still become a nationally syndicated talk show host. And I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you as proof. Uh, More of this magical Cinderella story when we return. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. We are supposed to speak with Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Uh, the House is in recess right now. So they failed to elect a new speaker. Uh, she will get us up to speed on what comes next. And we will continue to discuss uh, the conflict over in Israel and, of course, the dereliction of duty by the White House to protect our southern border. So this is the funniest thing you're ever going to read. And if you want to know why people hate the media, okay, Axios Axios, which really does function as a propaganda wing for the Democratic Party. Axios has an article out right now, and I just wanted to laugh at this really quickly because if you listen to the show, you know we've been talking about the border for quite some time. Uh, Axios, this is so crazy. The, (laughs) The piece is entitled, Axios Explains the Myth of a U.S.-Mexico Open Border. And it claims in the subtitle, the U.S. Southern Border is more fortified than it's ever been. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, we're living in the death of shame. I don't think these people are capable of being ashamed of themselves. If you're willing to put in a headline, the border is more fortified than it's ever been. You are so full of shit. Folks, okay, if it's, it's more fortified, just very basic, okay, then how would we have the largest number of illegal border crossings ever. Okay, they say it's a Republican myth. 
okay, that there's an open border. As the Biden administration grapples with soaring number of migrants and asylum seekers at the border, conservative pundits and politicians have upped accusations that some Democrats support open border policies. Okay, understand, again, as the Biden administration grapples with the soaring number of migrants, hello, if they're grappling with a soaring number of migrants, it means people are getting in. Okay, meaning it's not secure. Bingo. It's not the most secure ever. Do you hate when you go to the store and they're like, sorry, it's closed. We're only letting in 10 million people because it's closed. Okay, that's where we are right now. Got about 10 million people have come across the border since Joe Biden took the oath of office. You have no idea how to defend a nation. But do you understand in running this propaganda piece and trying to convince voters, hey, keep voting for Biden. He's, he's got the border secure. That's a Republican thing, you see. But what are you voting for when you do that? You're voting for more humanitarian crisis. You're voting for more fentanyl poisoning deaths. You're voting for more human trafficking. Human trafficking is a $2 billion industry right now. Do you know when the Democrats cried about kids in cages? Oh, we got kids in cages under Trump. Never mind that they were built under Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But that's actually a true thing. I'm not trying to, like, agitate people and get them mad at Democrats. The most funny, maybe one of the funniest things of the Trump era was when the media would get a story wrong, but it would be an Obama thing. The New York Times, when the Democrats shut down the government over the prospect of family separation at our southern border, the New York Times posted a photo they claimed to be of kids in cages under Trump. Wrong. As it turned out. Okay, they were in a holding facility that was built under Obama. (laughs) And we only know this because the Associated Press was forced to correct the New York Times. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Okay, so you understand. Okay, the people who held the government hostage cried. If you remember, AOC flew down there and cried in front of a chain link fence. AOC is a dope. But the number of children that have been separated from their air quote families under this administration is literally 100 times larger than it was under the previous administration. Never mind right now, we have 85,000 kids who were apprehended at our southern border that have been released into our country and we don't even know where they are. Okay, that's the end result of a Biden border policy that Axios is trying to tell you is a O K. I mean, man, oh boy, oh man, Axios. You suck, you jackass. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Doing the dang thing. We're going to have Kat Kamek here in a minute. Uh, She can weigh in on everything going on in the House of Representatives, as well as Joe Biden's trip to the Middle East. The president was over there for seven hours this morning. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. We've got video. We've got sound bites. Uh, I think pound for pound, you know, one of the funniest Biden sound bites of the trip. It's unfortunate. It's not another, you know, stirring moment. But here is Biden doing the old, I think I'll tell you a story, and then deciding not to halfway through the story. Listen to this until the end. Clip 21. And we have to also bear in mind that Hamas does not represent all the Palestinian people. And uh, it has brought them only suffering. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State, would he and I work in the Senate to write something for a man? said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, 
It's not, we need, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it, I'll wait later. Taking too much time, but the point is this. <laughs> oh, man. I won't get into it. Uh, it's uh, wasting him. You gotta do better than that. It's just, I mean, you can't have a president, guys. This is not Democrat. Okay, it's American. I'm not taking a shot. I'm not saying this because he's a Democrat. Okay, I'm not saying it because I'm a Republican. I'm saying it because I'm an American. We can't have a president that quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. Nah, you know, I won't go into it. That's too much time. It's just because he doesn't remember the end, obviously, is what he's telling you. Have you ever had a check? If he has, they're not releasing the results to us because they know it's not going to be good. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Okay, it's the guy's a mess. Okay, he told the gold to my air story again. That even CNN, CNN has fact-checked this story seven times. CNN is the worst. But he keeps telling the story. Uh, Here he is. I mean, this is crazy. Clip 23. I've told the story before, and I'll tell it again, of my first meeting with an Israeli prime minister 50 years ago as a young senator. I was sitting across from Golda Meir at her desk in her office, and she had a guy named, a guy who later became prime minister, sitting next to me. I don't know. No one has any idea what's going on right now. That's the problem. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. Well, say what you want about Biden. Uh, He'll never have the passion for Venn diagrams that Kamala Harris does. Uh, Listen to this, because I don't even know what to make of this. She brought up Venn diagrams in her most recent speech in Charleston. But listen to this whole Greatest Hits collection, because I I don't know what's going on there. It's clip 25. I love Venn diagrams. (laughs) I really love Venn diagrams. You know, the circles, right? Three usually. (laughs) And what we are also seeing is that if you look at you know, I like Venn diagrams. Okay, so if you look, I do. I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> I really do. I love Venn diagrams. It's just something about those three circles and the analysis about where there is the intersection, right? Through the lens of something I love, which is to always think about complex issues through the, the, the frame of a Venn diagram. I love Venn diagrams. I love... <laughs> I do. I love Venn diagrams. So, see what I'm saying. She is nerdy. I'm just saying. (laughs) I love. uh, Okay, so this is where you're going to hear the geek in me. I love Venn diagrams. (laughs) I love. What would you do with the brain if you had one? (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do. You're a loony. I mean, really think about that. That's her saying I love Venn diagrams like 67 times. And we could have cut 100 more of these. And it's not because she's nerdy, okay? It's that because she's she's actually a stupid person where that's not like this one thing she's obsessed with. You know what I mean? She just likes to talk about Venn diagrams. It's that she's been programmed and she can only speak publicly by clinging to the devices of speech that make her sound like a person with coherent thoughts and passions. Okay, and if you don't believe me, okay, take a look out at a collection of Kamala's speeches and you will see what can be unburdened by what has been. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. 
We see what can be unburdened by what has been. This is a fight that is born out of seeing and knowing what can be and believing in that, unburdened by what has been. Knowing and believing and having faith in what can be, unburdened by what has been. Knowing what can be, unburdened by what has been. To see what can be, unburdened by what has been. I mean, dude. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. How many times did she just say that? She has a real issue. Like, she's so uncomfortable uh, speaking in public that they've just given her a couple of, like, rhetorical devices to make it sound like she has something to say. Uh, She has nothing to say. Bingo, man. Bingo. And she's second and, you know, next in line to the presidency. Her. Right there. Okay, that's what you're listening to right there. We see unburdened by what has been. Okay, weapons grade stupid. And there's a part of me that makes fun of her. But I told you, I met her husband. I hung out with her husband in D.C. one night. And he was a nice guy in the world. He kept whispering, help me, in between drinks. He was like, help me. But if you've ever seen the picture of me and Doug Emhoff and Amy Klobuchar, they were nice. I don't hate the guy because I don't agree with them politically. I'm quite terrified having met him and seeing that he's such a congenial, sweet man, and that he's married to an actual sociopath. Like, it's, you know, this is crazy stuff, okay? Joining us now on the line, someone I love talking to. I don't know that she carries the same passion for Venn diagrams that Kamala Harris does, but she's a passionate woman nonetheless. She's a superstar representative from the great state of Florida, Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Back on the show. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? Oh, listen, man, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm all over the map today. I was just playing clips of Kamala talking about Venn diagrams. I know we have other we have adulting to do. What's with the Venn diagram thing? Like, what am I missing here? Listen, I, I, I think that there are so many great hits of our vice president that it's hard to choose from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she was in Jacksonville. She was in my backyard when she originally started talking about how much she loves Venn diagrams. And I think it was in the context she was trying to talk to math teachers, if I recall. <laughs> I, 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 I can't keep up with her nonsense, but, you know, I just stepped out of a hearing yep. on AI. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, in, in the famous or I should say infamous words of the vice president, AI is complicated. It's two letters. <laughs> Please tell me you have that clip. Please tell me you have that clip. It's out there. We've got the school bus clip. We've got it all. Okay. But understand, and I'm very familiar with it. When you think about the truth of AI, getting past the Kamala dig, that we have this, you know, complex mechanism out there that, you know, threatens to corrupt so many things at once and revolutionize the way we're doing things. Doesn't it also frighten you to know that the guy in charge of the government right now is still trying to figure out why his VCR is flashing 12 o'clock? Stop it, Jimmy. Stop it. We're trying to avoid World War III, not start it. And if they knew that you didn't know how to work the VCR, that would just be the green light they're looking for. (laughs) No, they've seen enough. It's not good, man. It's not good. Um, Well, you're not the Speaker of the House. Do we have any idea who is? Uh, Listen, that is the the most awful, thankless job in America. And so I think we're going to nominate the person that we all hate the most uh, next. Uh, I can't think of anyone who really wants to do that job right now because, you know, at this point in time, the the motto in Congress is they're they're not going to settle for good. They need perfect and in such tight margins. I mean, the reality is you need 98 percent in order to get across the finish line. Kevin McCarthy was at 96. Jim is at 
90, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's not looking good. I'll say that. Wow. We're talking to Kat Kamek on the line. Always a, you know. Normally an optimist. <laughs> You're telling me the booze hasn't kicked in. I was going to say, we haven't started day drinking yet. I told you we booked her too early. Told you we booked her too early in the show, Mikey. (laughs) I kid, Cat Kamek. You know better. Stop it. You stop it. Well, listen, I don't know where it goes from here. I'm sure it's going to take some time. Uh, But listen, it's it's so wild to be doing radio right now because everything is a mess, okay, as you know. There's no direction we could point ourselves in conversationally that wouldn't be a mess. But did you ever think, like, you'd be living in a world where college kids were cheering for terrorists? You know, the college kids who, like, canceled you if you wore the wrong Halloween costume are now just, like, cheering for terrorists. I'm like, how did we go from, uh, you know, I can't dress up as a Disney princess anymore, but you can dress up as a Hamas supporter. How did we get here, Kamek? Uh, There's a great line from a movie, but I I know that I'd get in trouble if I said it on air. On this show? I'll refrain. You 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 brought me to the edge. I almost said it. Uh, (laughs) But it... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this is clown world stuff, Jimmy. This is this is where the snowflakes have have decided they're going to be perpetually offended and continually be offensive. Um, you know, <laughs> so they true. they they just are so confused. I think they are running out of things to be mad about that they are now like, you know what? We're going to go to bat for the terrorists. It's so, That's where we're at. It is. It's it's so bizarre. Okay, that you're like you're serving alongside of people in Congress right now that you hear the ter- the word terrorist and oh. you're like, we got to do something. Uh, but they yeah. hear the word terrorist and they're like, hey, I love your work. Can you take a picture with my kid? It's crazy. It's, it, it's, it's wild. I mean, we've got people who are, are cheering for Hamas. We've got people who who uh, are sympathetic to the cartels. You've got the trafficker in chief in the White House. You've got. Uh, I, I mean, the world has lost their minds. But I think why it's so shocking is because Washington, D.C., specifically the House, it's a reflection of the, the general electorate, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it is like a bunch of cousin Eddies, some, <laughs> some actually harmless, and then some that, you know, you would not trust with a lighter. And <laughs> that's where we're at because they, it is a one big dysfunctional family reunion around Thanksgiving and everyone keeps getting triggered. Somebody brought the Trump wine, you know, and somebody <laughs> else is, you know, their crazy aunt. It, it's just, it, that's the only way I can describe it right now. Listen, I, I spend a lot of time on the radio making fun of the Democrats, but I got to be honest, uh, our party isn't looking great this week. I'm not going to lie. We got we gotta, we gotta, our own little thing going on at Thanksgiving this year. Hopefully you can sort it out sooner rather than later. Maybe some of that AI you were just studying can be enlisted to get us a house speaker. Oh, God, I wish. I wish. Um, Ironically, though, it was one of the the actors from the Marvel movies who was just testifying before my committee. Um, They're concerned that AI is going to take all their jobs. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because, you know, I once not too long ago saw a 24 hour news channel that is utilizing AI to build their own anchors. So they're getting rid of of on air talent. So, Jimmy, there could be a bot coming for you. Stop it. You got to watch your back. First of all, the fact that you've grouped me and the word talent in the same sentence, I think is very generous. Okay. (laughs) I'm not getting booked, Kat. I'm just good at sneaking past security. I'm just on. Once you're on camera on live TV, what are they going to do? Drag you off? That would be a disaster for the channel. So they just leave me on and I kind of hold it together. Okay. The that, day that's I, why yeah. you distract them with your new boot goofing. Thank you. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, listen, I don't know that either of these locations, because I just didn't look on a map, okay? But I'm in Naples in November, and then I'm in West Ooh. Palm in uh, December. Ooh. 
Are any of those near you or no? They're both three and a half hours away, oh, but you're Kamek. worth the drive, Jimmy. Hold on, Kamek, and these gas prices. That's big talk, <laughs> young lady. That is big talk. Uh, but I will. I'll be in Naples right after the Patriot Awards. I'm there on like a Friday, Saturday. and oh, then yeah. Yeah, Naples, Florida, off the Hook Comedy Club. And then December 16th, it's a Saturday. It's actually the night before my birthday, which is 17th. I'll be performing at the Palm Beach Kennel Club, which is a casino, which is the last place I should be on my birthday doing comedy. Like, that's probably my last night as a Fox employee, if we're being honest. So (laughs) if there was a show to go to, it might be that farewell tour on the 16th. This is why we don't have nice things, Jimmy. Yeah, not even kind, not even counterfeit nice things like the knockoff coach bags. They don't even let us oh. have counterfeit nice things, Cat Kamek. It's not right. <laughs> um, listen, oh Lord! Listen, well, I, it's it's uh, it, it's it's a challenging time here in D.C. and you know that, and mm. and I appreciate that you're always willing to bring a laugh or two or five mm. if you're lucky um, to the situation. But man, it, it, it is tough right now. I'm not going to lie. And, yep. um, for, for all the listeners out there, I get your frustration. We feel it too. Uh, we've got to make sure that we get this across the finish line because if we don't, yep. you definitely will be having a Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi government running the things. And no, not pretty. Be so sad. We won't cry. Not pretty. We've all heard the adage pimping ain't easy. Well, congressing ain't easy. Uh, especially not if it winds up breaking the way you just said. So yeah. I'm going to put those words back in your mouth, young lady. And we're going to we're going to go to commercial before people start offing themselves. Uh, I, I promised the listeners. That, hey, I promised the listeners you were going to save this country in one interview. I don't know that they're leaving here convinced, uh, but we will keep joyously fighting the good fight together. Cat Kamek, we love you, babe. Hey, keep the faith. Believe it. <laughs> there she goes. The great cat Kamek. We'd love talking to her. She says, I am worth a three and a half hour drive to see me do comedy. I didn't think they'd agree with that in the control room. Uh, but no, I have stop it. Both of those shows are going to be epic. Okay. Uh, this is the best. Honestly, I, I mean this, though, because now that we shot my stand up special, I really have no reason to be in shape until like January. I'm not even on TV right now. because There's a war going on. They're not bringing me on every night to do silly stuff where people are dying. You know, there's a real intense gravity to all of this. So this would be the golden opportunity for me to bottom out. Okay, and I'm kind of trying to hold it together. But when I go on the road, we are pulling the goalie. You're not getting 2023 cable news, Jimmy Fallon with hair and makeup. You're getting the guy I grew up with. Uh, You're getting the hungry version of me. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. (laughs) Pizzas. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. AI is kind of a fancy thing. First of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. I mean, goodness gracious. That's your vice president. What an idiot. (laughs) AI is one of the most complex things in the world. It's actually uh, two letters. Oh, shut up, woman. She's so dumb. Like, there's a part of this that's disheartening. You go, wow, the people in charge are morons. But there's this other part of this that I find empowering because you realize like you're living in a country where those two could be in charge of the whole thing. 
which means the sky is literally the limit for whatever you want to accomplish in this country. Like you could literally be anything. Whatever you decided you wanted to do, you could be it if uh, you wanted to do the work and you got a couple of fortuitous lucky bounces of the ball. You could do it. Like don't be don't be dispirited by Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Be emboldened. Be empowered. Realize just what is possible in this country because we have actual circus clowns that are leading us on the world stage. You know, they used to play hail to the chief when Biden walked into the room. Now they just honk a horn. They're just, and that's it. And he gives a little speech about Golda Meir that didn't happen, or he quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. I'm telling you, it's insane. Okay, one last update. Rashida Tlaib uh, was just asked by the press to comment on the post that's still up in her Twitter feed, blaming Israel for the strike on a, Gaza hospital, uh, she refused to comment on her tweet. She's worse than Kamala. She might be, man. But there has, uh, I am steadfast in saying so, never ever been a dumber time to be alive than right now. That being said, you still have the greatest gift of all. Freedom! So get out there and enjoy your American privilege. See you tomorrow. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.